Hi, I'm Shmuel Silverman, uh, CEO and founder of Multi Innovation. Um, you're listening to IP Fridays. Hello and welcome to this episode of IP Fridays. Our names are Ken Suzanne and Rolf Clayson, and this is the podcast dedicated to intellectual property. It does not matter where you are from, in-house or private practice, novice or expert. We will help you stay up to date with current topics in the fields of trademarks, patents, design and copyright, discover useful tools, and much more. to episode 99 of IP Fridays. Can't believe we are already at 99 and next month we are celebrating our 100th episode of IP Fridays. Thank you very much to all listeners who made this possible. Today's interview guest is Shmuel Silverman, CEO of Multi Innovation and mentor of the Big Ideas Competition at UC Berkeley. And we talk about his very special approach of creating value with patents. Before we jump into the interview, I have some news for you. Some of you may know that I'm founder of the website IP News Flash, where I'm compiling news, decisions and communications from the different courts and patent offices in the IP field. And I have just transferred this website to the publishing house FFI in Germany. They will relaunch this website and I help them make this a big success. So if you want to head over to www.ipnewsflash.com. Another thing is Brexit. I know a lot of you can't hear this word anymore, but I just want to give you the latest news about how to deal with uh, trademarks and designs. Patents is not a big issue because uh, most things just stay the same. The UK will still be part of the EPC, the European Patent Convention. So what happens to trademarks and designs? If you are owner of EU design or EU trademark, then on the day of Brexit, this seems to be automatically converted for free to a UK right, whether there is a hard Brexit or soft Brexit or whatever Brexit. And this new national right will have the time rank of the EU right. So if you have a EU trademark, then this will be converted to UK trademark with the time rank of the filing date of the EU trademark. The UK rights will also inherit any priority or seniority dates. If you have filed an EU trademark or EU design that is not registered at the day of Brexit, then you will have nine months after the Brexit to refile this right in the UK and you will get the time rank of the earlier filed EU design or EU trademark application. Another thing that I wanted to tell you is that the German Patent and Trademark Office issued new guidelines for the examination of patents. So if you are prosecuting German patent applications, then it might be worthwhile to have a look at the new guidelines for examining patent applications in Germany. 
Now let's jump into the interview with Shmuel Silverman. Today I'm very excited to have Shmuel Silverman on the show. Shmuel is CEO and founder of Multi Innovation, a company who is consulting um, about IP value. Uh, he is an inventor and IP strategist who helps companies of all sizes, large or small, to create a strategic patent portfolios that can protect their overall value proposition and not just the technology. And that's one of the core ideas of his business, right, Shmuel? Yes, exactly. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for being on the show. Um, can you add a little bit and talk a little bit about your background and what you're currently doing? Um, yeah, so first, thank you for having me on the show. I'm very excited being here today. Um, um, a little bit about my background. Um, well, my first startup was in 1984, so I'm kind of old. Um, um, after that startup, which was successful, I moved to Motorola, and it's uh, one of my positions, Director of Advanced Technology and Strategy in Motorola, um, um, created plenty more startups within the company that were successful. But I've also realized through that process, with while working with brilliant people, we've realized that the way we invent and create technology needs to be more intentional as opposed to just do it as a, as a research and try to protect anything we find in research. So I've learned much in Motorola, and this is what I bring as my passion today to the world, which is invent with intention, create patterns that truly counts for others and for you. Typically, companies just, uh, you know, IP or patent departments just go into the, you know, the patent attorney at the company just goes to the developers and the researchers say, okay, what did you invent? What did you just develop? Let's patent this. And you are, you are probably coming from the very other side, right? You are not protecting the technology that is developed, but... Uh, explain a little bit more about your okay. your um, so, idea, basically. So let's look let's look at the entire development process for a second. So a normal development development process in most companies on the planet would be: um, I've got this great idea, or I've got a problem that needs to be solved. You talk to the technologists; they come with some technology strategy, and they start to develop it. And exactly now, the IP department is getting involved and ask them, "Okay, so what have you invented?" This kind of process is about three to four years. Uh, before even um, you start to get good IP coming out of, of the technology. Uh, so let, let's backtrack. You've identified a problem in the market, and now you and 50 other companies competing on delivering some value or value proposition that solves something, either the entire problem or some of the problem. That, therefore, you end up with multiple technologies that all of them are protected and all of them competing in the market against you, showing up about four years later. What I'm proposing and the process that I'm taking companies or people or suggest people to go with, not necessarily with me, they can do it themselves, is start with understanding the value proposition, identify what can deliver on this value proposition, identify as well what are the common 
key technologies to all of what can deliver the solution to this space and protect just those key elements. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you don't go into the company and say, what value do you have? What value to protect? But you go into the company and see, okay, what are you working on? What is the the core value of your company and how you can create basically the value, right? Or Yes. Right. Yes. I ask them, why are clients are paying you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> why is their value? Why are you getting this thing? What? And then this is what I want to protect. So if you start... Um, if you start with a new value proposition or you want to bring something that doesn't exist out there, it's not bring, is bring value to the client. I'm not talking about bringing technology. Mm -hmm. I First and foremost, I actually do not care for the technology to begin with. I care for clarity about value proposition. Mm. And when there, where there's no clarity about it, you can't actually deliver value to your client and I don't care what you protect at that point. I'll give you an example, if you may. Yeah, okay. Sure. Um, uh, let's think about uh, the early days of smartphones. So everybody were looking for, I don't know if you recall, in the 90s, everybody was looking for what is the killer app? What is the killer app? What is going to sell the most smartphones? Um, and of course, in Motorola, we thought it was voice. You know, voice. Okay, but voice, everybody had voice. So what is the killer data app that will sell data? Um, people thought it would be email. But I think the conversation was wrong to begin with. Because we didn't think about what the clients want. What we thought about is, or how to capture the largest market segment. What we thought about was, the, what is the killer app? So we were still mired in technology, as opposed to think, who are our clients and how do we increase our client base? Mm. And that question, Apple asked. Apple asked, okay, we are apple strategy was we are and you know you can listen to steve jobs and others speaking in the in the mid and late 90s um 1997 there's a beautiful uh, interview with steve jobs that he actually mentioned it very strongly it says our core value is user interface client satisfaction anybody can use our systems so they thought about okay so how do i address an entire market from a four-year-old to a 95-year-old. How do I expand the market? How do I build a solution that all of them can use? And this was the user interface. And by the way, which is protected with about seven or eight patents, if I recall, based on the lawsuit between uh, Apple and Samsung in the US. Mm -hmm. um, so with about a handful of patents, they protected the entire core value proposition and they are the number one dominant phone in the market worldwide. And if Samsung wants to do anything, they must go through Apple. Mm. So if this is kind of like an example. So value proposition and core value and asking the right question, this is where you start. This is how you protect the business. The technology mm. comes next. Right. Um Unfortunately, the patents really are completely 
the focus in patents, in patent claims and so on is protecting a certain new technology. So mm -hmm. um, that would seem like, for, for me, I don't really grasp your idea completely yet. <laughs> so um, you say, okay, look what the clients want uh, and try to work on the client satisfaction and see what they want and then that is the value that you can bring to the table, right? And protect and create this value for your company by going into what the client wants, right? That's what, do I understand it's, correctly? It, it's figure out what is your value proposition mm. and what is the value proposition that you want to protect. Then the second thing is, of course, we cannot patent value proposition. Hmm. We cannot patent business processes, but what we can do is patent technology. But at the end of the day, technology is an enabler for that value proposition. Hmm. So the companies, well, uh, let me backpedal one, one step back. Um, value, not every value proposition can be protected. Some value hmm. proposition just cannot. Um, and I'll explain in detail later on. Um, but value propositions that are driven by technology, meaning technology is the enablement, um, a way to protect the value proposition is instead of protecting one technology that delivers on it, you can protect all of the technologies that delivers on it. Mm. But, but then you need to be Apple, you need to be Google, and you need to be IBM, and you need to create 8,000 patents a year. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, most, most companies can't afford it. Right. So now we need to play smart. So you look at the value proposition. You need to bring and put around the table people from multiple, um, uh, in mul from multiple fields that can enable it. So uh, there are multiple different technologies that can enable your value proposition. Then through the strategy process, you focus on what is common. And there mm. could be uh, one, two, five, ten and you protect only those one, two, five, or 10 different elements that are common to all of them. Right, okay. This so is where you start. Right, and so that would be an idea, like um, a theory or a principle that also smaller companies like startups could follow. They don't need to protect 7,000 patents or file 7,000 patents, but just look for the the seven or eight or 10 core ideas that are common to all the products that we want to make the customers happy with, and then focus on these core elements, right? Exactly. Right, okay. So um, if there are some, you know, some basic principles of your work habit, basically, how you go into the companies, how you teach them, like what are the core principles that you are teaching to the to your clients like how to uh, create the value and not just protecting the existing technology or the research technology um, that's a that's a good question uh, almost every company is different um, and and different in different industries behave and think differently um, you know, they will always come back to me and say, um, "Hey, I've got this. I've got this beautiful business, and here's here's the technology, and here's what I do." And I'm I'm listening patiently, and then I say, "Great. Um, here here's another way to do it." And this is where they stop. 
So every time you see a technology that enables something, except for in pharma, pharma is a different animal, and we'll talk about pharma and chemicals, it's just a different world. But besides pharma and chemicals and the um, uh, that is protected by legislation and so forth, so there are other uh, wrinkles that needs to be in the strategy, um, everything else uh, goes through the same thought process, which is, here are all the other ways that I can do it. And once I bring one way, usually, I, you know, they're brilliant engineers and, and brilliant thinkers themselves. And they say, oh, and there's another way, and there's another way, and there's another way. And this opens up the conversation and on, opens up the understanding of, wait a minute, if I protect just this one way, I'm missing all the other ways. So how do I, how should I go about it? And for, for a startup or for a small a mid-market company, this is a huge um, advantage, uh, a way of advantageous way of thinking. So they no longer say, mm. oh, I'll just protect my, I'll copy protect why I, what I just did, which is great. You can copy protect what you did. That's your decision. And you, you can take lawyers for this. This is not me. Um, but if you want to think strategically, then you'll protect the true value of what you bring. Mm. And, and can you can you can you like uh, this is too abstract for me? Sorry, <laughs> or very abstract. Give you examples. Yeah, exactly. Do you have examples yeah. like like for, like a smaller company or a larger company, and then maybe pharma and chemicals, like how they are different? Pharma and chemicals, it's, it's a completely different world. I'm not sure I want to even step into it in this conversation. And okay, okay. It's, it's, Let, let's, let's leave this out. It, it, Just it, maybe it how the situation entire, would be in like a... Right. Um, so um, large companies already give you one example, which is, um, I believe, um, with the iPhone. Another example for large company can be, or not, not so large company, medium-sized company, uh, was actually introduced in one of your previous interviews, which was about Dyson. Um, mm -hmm. Dyson figure out, they looked at the world and said, wait a minute, we want to enter this space. Uh, we are not going to capture the entire space, but there are ways to be more effective and efficient when it comes to suck, suck, um, suck, suction and so forth with regard to vacuum cleaners. So how do you enter an industry that is already mature and existing for so many years and you, and you change the game for them? You look at what is the value to the client. They notice that one number one problem is that the suction drops after, after uh, like very quickly, within a few months of the use of the device. And say, so, you know what? We can compete. We can create a device that will not cost us more or the client more, but still give him so much more value that Therefore, we are going to create our own space in that niche. And they patent that. And this was their cyclone system. Another example, which a much smaller client with a, with a, with a startup, um, and because I already have the patents for them, I can speak about it freely, um, is in a smart lighting um, space. Um, the smart lighting industry is uh, kind of like interesting. It started with a big bang and it's still a big industry to enter, um, but it moves quite slow. And um, when I started looking that um, with that client, we figure out that the number one problem in this industry will be installations. 
When you install lighting in a building, uh, once you're done installing, you walk away from the building and the building is working. But when you install smart lighting, you need to associate all the smart lights with the lights themselves. And this adds another layer of somewhere in the area about 15 minutes worth of work per light. And uh, as a company, we thought that one of the key value propositions, there are multiple, but this is one that we can actually control. And the way we'll control it, we will devise a way to do it fully automated, no human intervention. Therefore, you install the lights, you put the smart lights, and you walk away. And it all is going to work. Um, magic. Um, so um, basically, it's it's a patent portfolio of six patents that protect complete auto installation of a lighting uh, of a smart lighting system. Mm -hmm. Nobody else okay. ha has it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you looked at the let's say five or six key ideas that um, are underlying uh, this new technology and then you protected these aspects in different patents basically yes so yeah so they're in order to for you know we can go in very specific in this one if you want and it, it is not going to take us too much time and so it's it's like um when um when a smart light uh is being installed it needs to associate itself with the light itself but it doesn't know which light it associates itself because it, there, there's no information on on the light unless there is information. So if you use Li-Fi, you're already going to have some information. So you need to protect the fact that the light can communicate with a smart light via Li-Fi. But another way to do it is actually look at the other lights in the room and say, who are you? But those lights cannot tell you who they are. So um, the idea is you basically turn off all the lights and you turn them the lights, not the smart, not the smart devices, and you turn the lights one at a time, and the smart device can find themselves relative to their position in the room, and because you have a topology map of the building, you now know which light and which smart light are connected. This is kind of like the mm. basic, the basics of it. Now there, there, there are a few different aspects of how to do that, and uh, we captured all the key ones. Mm. Okay, I see. So um, you help this uh, startup company to, you know, avoid uh, just looking at uh, the concrete, the, the, the products that they made and go the classical route, route to see, okay, I created this product, so the patent claim should be this product and not more. Um, but you looked uh, into the underlying core principles behind this technology and then divided them up to the five core ideas and then created the patents around these core ideas if i understand you correctly absolutely right okay so that could be easily transported to larger companies right so if you if they have Uh, core technologies that are common to many different processes then they could um, protect their ip with just uh, a lot fewer uh, patents than compared to the classical route where you would just patent each and every new product basically that's that's the idea um, I'm, you know in, in many cases if you're a large company and you can afford it um, you can you can add and create more layers. So, for example, Apple didn't just um, protect the user interface; they also protect all mm. the different ways to connect to the iPhone. 
So now if you are not a company and you mm. created something that connects to an iPhone, you have to pay Apple. So they basically create value income through their IP by forcing people who communicate with their device to pay them and so forth and so forth. Um, so you can create multiple mm. layers. You can create both protection as well as value enhancement through an IP portfolio. Mm. And that's a good keyword. So um, you say you want to create the value of the company and not protect the technology of the company. And so the, the focus should be on creating the value of the company. So how, how would a company create an IP portfolio that drives the value of the company? So what would be the underlying principles behind so that? For Large, for large companies is one thing and for small companies it's a different so for small company um, we need to think about how do they want to exit um, um, most companies wants to be bought by larger companies and if um, if they want to be bought by larger company we need to make sure that it's painful to go around their patent portfolio so they need to create a patent portfolio such that a larger company cannot spend, cannot take $20 million or less than two years and just go and build it. Because if they can, they don't really need you much. And then they, they will pay you, but they will pay you for your work, but they will not pay for a big multiplier on you as a company. They start to build a big multiplier if what you've created as IP actually prevent them and others from entering that space. This is where the multipliers start to be interesting. So for small companies, creating a, an extremely effective IP is very important, even if they do not develop all this IP as products. And for larger companies, um, to protect those key elements so you can participate if anyone you know enter the space you can go and participate via licensing and via assuming you want to play nice um, or prevent big competitors at least for some time slow them down and the longer you're in the market you're alone in the market the more money you make um, aka drugs and generics um, And um, uh, and and further, you use your IP because um, large companies have the funds. Um, they can also create a defensive IP. Defensive IP is yeah. um, you actually look at what your competitors are doing, and you create IP in their space. Not necessarily something that you want to build. The only reason you create this IP is that you can you can have um, a nice negotiations with them when they come after you because you're doing things probably in their space too. Mm. I understand. So um, you could also save large companies a lot of money <laughs> with your strategy. Um, when you come into when you go into a company as a consultant. Um, You, of course, are hired for a project. And then if you leave, then when you leave, then uh, you hope that they will continue to create a sustainable development uh, for their IP portfolio within the company. How do you make sure that they continue and go on to uh, implement your ideas mm -hmm. into their IP 
strategy? Uh, well, um, so as a consultant um, or as a company, um, we, we offer all three steps. We offer an assessment, which is can your value proposition even be protected? Not every, not any can. If it can be protected, we offer a strategy of protecting it. And then we also offer a way to measure the effectiveness of that strategy. And then um, the third step is oversight on the implementation. So we communicate directly with the lawyers who are writing the IP and making sure that through the negotiations with either the USPTO or the European Patent Office or whatever, we do not miss something. Meaning sometimes there's a requirement to change language because something out there just popped up that we didn't notice or didn't know about, and we may lose the value of that IP. We need to be aware of it to be able to create something else or to use the correct language so we don't miss anything. I also wanted to pick your brain on some new developments, if I can, Absolutely. if I may. Absolutely. <laughs> I would love to. Um, Thank you. <laughs> um, so um, the landscape in the lawyer or attorney world or in the IP world will change I think, dramatically with um, when new technologies around artificial intelligence or uh, legal tech are implemented more and more into the, you know, the daily life of uh, corporate uh, IP departments or big law firms. Where do you see the journey going or um, what are the The, what do you hope that will be or what where do you have fears what will happen um, how do you see this development mm, so most of the systems that um, that are coming to bear into that space have to do with cognitive I mean you can go with with simple neural nets who will um, do pattern uh, pattern recognition and and come with some really good proposals with regard to um, whether a claim is going to be sustainable over time or not and how things are going to look like but um, um, the the next step and the more important scary step is with more um, cognitive systems that can uh, take a text that I would write as an engineer and create a patent out of it. I believe mm. that those systems are just around the corner, but they are, um, they are not here yet. I've seen some work with, um, from IBM um, that has to do with assessing or understanding context within text. Um, but I didn't see any company yet pushing it forward to get um, to take context into claims. Um, but I think it's just around the corner. I mean, I'm, I'm expecting it to happen. Um, for, the AI, for the AI industry to become a multi-trillion dollar industry, this is one of the elements that will probably play uh, cognitive um, and, and, and cognitive use will be a big, um, a big player in that space. Um, what I, mm, I, I think there's already like a startup in the US uh, claiming that they can, uh, that AI can already write patents. 
Um, so, I mean, it's in it's it's there already. I think uh, maybe that's not not yet a perfect solution, but uh, it will not take long. No, to, uh, it, it, no yeah. I don't think it will take long. But I think it's it's there. And, and you know, and we we should think about the following. Okay, so um, the R tool being developed by some people and maybe yourself um, that are going to provide really good value. Um, assessment with regard to the quality of the claim or claims or set of claims relative mm. to whether they will be successful or not if it goes to judgment or to courts. And then there's a tool who can actually create those claims. If you marry the two, you end up with a very strong tool of, okay, let's try the following few claims. And if they get very high, you know, very high um, uh, qualification, then great, let's submit it as a patent. So um, at that point, you can have practitioner or lawyers just becoming technicians um, with an oversight on of those tools and, and, and making this happen. And, um, and over time, the value is changing. Um, um, I think, um, you know, we've, we've asked lawyers not to invent their job was just to take something and make it legal for us. And by doing so, now that this part of the job may go away, we need to figure out other um, good ways to utilize because the, they are brilliant, they are smart, and um, they may need to be trained differently going further. <laughs> Yeah, you say something really right. I mean, uh, a lot of uh, patent attorneys, especially, uh, it is a very conservative business, and a lot of them think of themselves like, okay, I'm writing excellent claims and so on, I'm the best, and maybe that will change in the future uh, because uh, AI will take over, maybe, maybe not. And um, I think it will be more and more important to just be a good consultant about IP strategy and uh, to tell especially like uh, not so large corporations that don't have an in-house IP department of like 200 people or so um, smaller or medium-sized companies to consult with them like how they optimize their um, IP protection uh, so it goes more into like being really a business consultant from being a claim writer. <laughs> I, I completely agree. And, you know, this is kind of like, this is not kind of, this is exactly what I consider. Um, um, this is what I train people basically to, and this is what I'm advocating. Think about the business and how do you protect the business? The, the IP right. and the technology are just means to an end. You use it. Mm -hmm. This is not the, 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 the end game. This is just the, the tool. Yes. Um, so is there anything big coming up for you? What is your next plan, your next big thing that you are launching or thinking about? You know, um, as 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 I'm working, as I'm 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 doing, um, I'm evaluating and 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 working on strategies with people and helping people, um, you know, set the right direction uh, for for the business and and for their value proposition. Um, I'm um, I was also experimenting with can I measure that? Can I measure the quality of the strategy? 
how do you measure the quality of the strategy? I can, there are plenty of ways out there to measure a quality of a patent and many tools, including patent asset index that you've, 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 uh, was one of your interviews last, in last few weeks in, uh, in the, in the past and, and, um, and, and other people are doing it. Some of them, you know, uh, expose their process, some not, but I didn't see the, I, it doesn't exist any index that I'm aware of that is taking the value proposition, truly understanding the value proposition, taking the entire use case of how to derive this value proposition and figuring out whether how well your patent portfolio protects that use case and value proposition. Um, um, that's um, and 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 this is something that uh, because I need it, I'm I'm in the process of building, and um, and in process of assessing it with VCs, and I wonder. Um, and so th- that's that's for me. It's it's a huge it's a huge problem to solve, and but very exciting problem to solve. And um, uh, if you know any one of your audience or audience of this program wants to participate or talk or converse about and, and, and think about or wants to be a field trial for that, more than welcome. I'm, I'm looking for uh, volunteers. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah, that's a probably good audience here. Um, we have a couple of thousand downloads each month and uh, Beautiful. <laughs> let's see. Um, there must also be some people who would be interested in this. <laughs> I, I, I believe it's, I believe it's a game changer. It, it doesn't replace um, patent valuation, no, but it does give a very strong tool to figure out whether I want to invest in this company or not. You know, invest, you know, investors are going by most investors that I know. I don't know. I don't know all of them, but most investors that I know, they, they look at the technology and they look at things and say, yeah, that's great. The market is great. Great. But you know what? I really trust the people who are running the show, the guys, the, the, the founder and the team are strong, etc. This is another tool to basically tell them, you know, not only that, but they have the chance to create some IP that not just protect their technology because you don't have a big multiplier on that anyway, but actually protect their business. And that's, a, that's in my humble opinion, a very strong input that can, um, can, can be a game changer for investors as well and for, for companies and, and for startups in this field. So if people wanted to chat uh, with you about that or have any questions about your ideas that you introduced in our interview, where could they contact you best? Uh, well, they can contact me through my website. I also give an, a one hour a month uh, open Q&A. You can ask me any question about anything um, that uh, we deliver. And um, we, you know, it's, it's, To talk to me is free. I do not charge for any. I, I love to. I love to talk to people. I love to. Pro, I love to run ideas by people. I love to be open about everything. This is a beautiful world, and I want to. I want us to change it. I want us to 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 develop and to create patterns with intention, and the intention is business. So, can you um, just spell your website so people can? find it yes. and I, of course i will also link it uh, in the show notes but uh, just for Perfect. the people who are just um, listening in the car or something maybe they want to yeah so they can send me first they can send me email to shmuel which is s h m u 
E-L at multi-innovation.com. Multi-innovation.com is spelled as M-U-L-T-I dash I-N-N-O-V-A-T-I-O-N.com. So innovation as it sounds, multi as it sounds, and a dash in the middle, dot com. Right. Thank you. Okay, and the website would be multi-innovation.com, right? Exactly. Yes. Well, that has been a very interesting uh, and, uh, for me, a uh, new way of uh, thinking about creating IP and creating value for the company. Thank you for being on the show, Shmuel. My pleasure, Rolf. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you. That's it for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please show us your love by visiting ipfridays.com slash love and tweet a link to this show. We would be so grateful if you would do that. It would help us out to get the word out. Also, please subscribe to our podcast at ipfridays.com or on iTunes or stitcher.com. If you have a question or want to be featured in one of the upcoming episodes, please send us your feedback at ipfridays.com slash feedback. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. You can go to ipfridays.com slash iTunes and it will take you right to the correct page on iTunes. If you want to get mentioned on this podcast or even have comments within the next episode, please leave us your voicemail at ipfridays.com slash voicemail. You have been listening to an episode of IP Fridays. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of nor are they endorsed by their respective law firms. None of the content should be considered legal advice. The IP Fridays podcast should not be construed as legal advice or legal opinion on any specific facts or circumstances. The contents of this podcast are intended for general informational purposes only and you are urged to consult your own lawyer on any specific legal questions. As always, consult a lawyer or patent or trademark attorney. Copyright 2014, all rights reserved.